Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. It is a great joy to be with you today. I serve as Executive Director of Philadelphia Lutheran Ministries, and I also serve the people of St. John Lutheran Church in Springfield, Pennsylvania, on the uh, west side of the city. Uh, we especially uh, appreciate your support of the work in the city. Uh, it is a tremendous work that we are about with uh, Pastor DeGroat as our full-time missionary pastor in the city. And so it's, it's a joy to be with you today and uh, to include a little update in my sermon as to the work in the city. One of my favorite movies is Fiddler on the Roof. It provides many memorable moments, such as when it opens with the main character, Tevier, tremendous ode to tradition. Don't worry, I'm not going to break out in song, although it will be my life's aim over the next year to get your pastor young uh, to perform that for you. I think that would be really tremendous. I can see him doing it, strutting about, but um, I'll bring that up at the opportune moment. Um, of course, the movie explores the intersection of the Russian Jewish theology and the society around them, often in humorous dialogue. For me, one of the most poignant moments in the film is when a man in town asks the rabbi, is there a blessing for the czar? Of course, the rabbi answers, God bless and keep the czar far, far away from us. This is, of course, a less than generous modification of the ironic blessing found in Numbers chapter 6, a blessing employed uniquely by Lutherans at the end of our divine service. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. The Caesar, the Tsar, and the representatives of his government symbolize harm and destruction when they come to the people in the village of this movie. And thus, the Jewish community remained convinced that the farther away the rulers were, the better off they were. In our relationship to God, the very opposite is the case. Unlike a selfish, tyrannical regime of the early 20th century, the kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is one with which we ought to desire greater and greater connection. For he alone speaks the words of eternal life. When our Lord encounters the demon-possessed man in today's gospel reading, the demon cries out with a very profound statement, What do you have to do with us? Jesus of Nazareth. Some would translate the following phrase, not as a question, but as a statement. You have come to destroy us. I know who you are, the Holy One of God. The devil and his demons understand and confess that Jesus is Christ. While those our Lord is trying to teach the disciples, the religious leaders, the people of his day struggle to put the dots together. 
It's all about proximity. Visible demonic activity rapidly increases in the physical presence of the God-man Jesus Christ. We have stories of our Lord encountering demon possession and demonic activity throughout the four Gospels. Consider the Old Testament. Where do you see such activity? The demonic activity comes to the forefront in the presence of Christ. The incarnation of our Lord, God made man, impacts everything. The demons cannot help but be unnerved, dismayed. They know their end is near. Yes, Jesus has come to destroy them, and he has come to destroy your sin. Sinners fear his presence until he extends peace and forgiveness to them. This is why it's so important that the work of Philadelphia Lutheran Ministries continue in the city of Philadelphia. It is the fifth largest city in our country. Over 1.5 million people reside in the city. And we only have one full-time pastor for the whole city at this time. Four churches, one full-time pastor, Reverend Adam DeGroote. He started back in July, and his home base is at Shepherd of the City Lutheran Church near Cotman and Castor in the Northeast. And during our time working in the city, we have seen vividly the impact of Satan's regime and reign in the city. Demonic activity is alive and well. It's not always as visible as we see in the scriptures. C.S. Lewis once spoke that the devil's greatest accomplishment in the modern era is to convince us that he doesn't exist. But spend a few days living among the most impoverished in the city, those who struggle to get by, and you know that the lies of the devil and demonic forces are very much present and afoot. And while there are many things we could do in the city, the best thing for us to do is to put a man there and support him as he preaches the gospel, as he teaches about the forgiveness of sins, about this Christ with whom you come in contact with and the demons scatter. This is the hope that we have in our work in the city. Pastor DeGroote is a very faithful pastor, a very devoted man to work in the city. And we appreciate your prayers and we beg your support. Please visit if you're able. Back to our text. Notice Christ's miraculous work over demons and diseases. This brings about wholeness. In the ironic blessing, the prayer is that God would keep his people, would be gracious to them and bring peace. Peace is a word that we often misunderstand. Peace does include the notion of the end of conflict and warfare, of division and strife, but peace also includes the notion of thriving, of fullness, of wholeness, of being the way we were meant to be in creation before the fall. This is what our Lord brings. To be apart from our Lord, then, is to devolve and to spiral into unholiness. 
So we desperately need peace with God and for God to graciously draw near to us in his kingdom. Ever since God expelled our first parents from the Garden of Eden, the Garden of God's presence, people have spun in the spiral away from God. But in his grace, God has chased after us, even as we run from him. God the Father chases after you in the form of his Son. Where his Son is, there you find holiness. But sinful man cannot abide in the presence of holiness. Thus sacrifice must be made. This is why Christ, he comes to bring wholeness, to set things right. He comes to go to the cross, to willingly hand himself over, not as a tragedy, not as an accident. Jesus goes to the cross with you in mind to shed his blood, to suffer and die for your forgiveness so that you may be made whole through the forgiveness of sins. In the Gospels, we see a great deal of talk of the temple. It was there in the temple where the presence of God used to dwell. The temple contained the Holy of Holies, which was only entered once a year on the Day of Atonement. And the high priest would go in and he would bring blood, sacrificial blood, to make atonement, to make right. Holiness is only possible because of the blood and righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so what do you do? You take the posture of a beggar and receive. Receive his grace of forgiveness for the sins which trouble and plague you. Receive his peace, which sets your heart at ease. Receive the holiness he gives, which makes you clean, which forgives you of the sins you have committed and the sins committed against you. You were declared holy, righteous, in baptism. At our Lord's Supper, he continues a good work in you, making you holy, and on the day of his appearing, you will be made holy once and for all. And in life eternal, you will never battle sin again. Disease and sickness will be put aside. The demons and Satan will be conquered once for all and bound forever. This history of humanity will continue in this path until it culminates with the resurrection and life eternal in the presence of our Creator. Christ then, during his earthly ministry, does not go around just performing wonders for wonder's sake. Jesus does not hope to gain notoriety by producing an awesome show of power. He does not plan grand displays to get people's attention like a flyover of fighter jets before a football game. But he deliberately chooses to perform miracles to demonstrate his divine authority over all of creation. This authority, Christ says, with the man who was born lame, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sin, arise, get up, and walk. 
This our Lord accomplishes. He turned the water into wine. In today's gospel, he he demonstrates his power over demons and the spiritual realm. If he can command the demons to do his will and can heal the body, he can also forgive the sins of our sin-sick souls. You are unable to procure your holiness regardless of the methods and the measures promoted by many. Your only hope for holiness is proximity to Christ, being close to Christ, drawing near to Christ. Yet we often seek the presence of that which does not make us holy, but rather causes us to sin and spiral away from our Creator. Conventional thinking tells us when we have created a mess, we made this, we'll figure it out. Repent. Christ alone brings healing, brings reconciliation. Christ alone brings freedom from tyranny of the devil, the world, and your sinful nature. He gives you his very own holiness. The church will soon enter a time of penance, the season of Lent, preparing us for the great celebration of the resurrection of our Lord. No amount of discipline or fasting will make you holy in and of itself. The point of the season of Lent, where we concentrate on prayer, on scripture, on almsgiving, is that we would strip away those things that create a barrier between us and our Lord. In essence, to deny the world, our sinful flesh, and cling to Christ. It is very healthy to give ourselves intentionally and purposefully to naming the sins in our lives that cause havoc, that cause division, like spring cleaning. The point of a serious penitential season is to be like boot camp or preseason for life. It is meant to be carried forward after Lent in increased devotion and piety that we might increase our interest in our Savior, the one who makes us holy. In his presence and through his word, our sins are forgiven and purged away from our life. Remember, where Christ is, there also will be demonic and satanic opposition. But Christ is stronger yet. The evil one and his minions are defeated foes. Their days are numbered, yet there remains a battle to be fought, to be sure. Find Christ where he has promised to be, in his gracious word. He grants us strength for endurance. As you receive his holy body and blood in communion, you are made further holy. Seek the holiness that is from above, the holiness of Christ, and not your own. Flee the unholiness of this world. Thus we pray, Christ grant us peace by your body and blood. Cleanse us, forgive us, and restore us. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.